one of the key problems in the beginning for us was that we were kind of road makers. There wasn't any path in front of us, which was scary in the same time, but it was also huge amount of opportunities. So nobody could tell you what to do and how to do it, but there was also endless ways how you could do it. Nobody could, uh, would say, okay, that's a bad way. Hi, I'm Jan Biru. I'm a co-founder of Crystal Space Crackle and Big Technologies and you're listening to Cut Talks, double G-U-T-T. Hi everyone, welcome to season one of God Talks, double G-U-T-T, a podcast focusing on business and tech for good, experience design and gut feelings. I'm Maria, designer, strategist and venture builder, running two ventures, GUT, WGUWT, and Other Dots Foundation. I decided to launch GUT Talks as the pandemic hit with an ambition to educate, put some karma on the board, and feature entrepreneurs, industry leaders, and investors who deserve recognition and have inspiring stories to tell. Feel free to email me if you need me, maria at gut.com, WGUWT, or check the links in the show notes. Now let's get started. Our guest today is Jan Viru, engineer who started building satellites at the age of 14 as a hobby and a passion. He's the founder of Crackle, an IoT company based in Tallinn and Crystal Space, a vacuum chamber camera that will be sent to the moon in collaboration with NASA. I met Jan back in 2019 and made a short Gut Talks before Gut Talks became a podcast. And I'm going to be putting the link in the comments. So Jan, I'm super excited to have a longer talk with you this time around and see what made you do what you do and where this is heading, because I'm sure there are lots of developments that happened. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. It's a nice day in Estonia, which is 20, 24 degrees and it's not raining. So it's a, a summer as it can be here in Northern Europe. Yeah, and this is like early June that we're making the recording. So that's really good, actually. I think the weather is even better than what we have at the moment in Milan. But yeah. <laughs> Win for us. Yes, indeed. So who's Jan? I would say Jan is a technology enthusiast who likes space technology. That's why I founded Business Space. But at the same time, I'm also an entrepreneur because I founded a company. And at the same time, I would say I'm also, I'm not only enthusiast like on the space tech, but like more for technology, because that's why I also founded two other components, which are more of the IoT or autonomous technologies. So I would say like in general, technology enthusiast and entrepreneur. And we're going to be diving into that. And I want to ask you, what made you do what you do today? I think there's the two key elements. I would say there's one is the boredom. Always boredom. Boredom, yeah. I think the one thing that totally drives all the people is support them. Because if you're sitting and doing nothing, that's rather boring. It's like it's a, like, it's a combination of laziness and boredom. And I would say that sort of one instrument that might, uh, for me that's driving me is boredom. So I want to do, and I want to work with all the cool technologies, and I want to work with amazing people. And one thing that drives me is the boredom. So I don't want to be, feel bored. But at the same time, I think the, uh, the whole passion to technology and using amazing stuff need to prove myself. So I think that's a combination of those three elements. So tell me, when you were bored, how did you stumble on, I don't know, 
circuits. I don't know. What did you stumble on? Did you start unmounting laptops? Like what was the first thing that you started playing with? You started early, right? So instead of doing Legos or playing Nintendo. No, I did, uh, I did play with Legos and I did play with, no, I didn't play with Nintendo. I didn't have a Nintendo. I played with computer. Um, okay. <laughs> but I remember when I was 14, I was in the painting competition and I think it was in, uh, where was it? It was in Southern Europe. It was in Macedonia. I remember I was talking there with an American guy whose father was the, was working in the, both father and brother was, were working in aerospace industry. So father was more of a scientific ways, working with doing the scientific research with the black holes. And the brother was working with aerospace as a, like engineer. So I always had like somewhat of a space interest in me, but after talking with him quite a lot, I thought like, hey, the space stuff seems really interesting and I would like to really like to do that. So that's when I started started to read more about it. But the whole more, and the, like in, in the beginning, it was more of a physics and research related. But when I joined the ASQ project when I was like 19, so Estonian first satellite program, then I also found like I was working in a painting, I was working with research site, but eventually I found out like, hey, for me, that knowledge seems more interesting. And from there on, I focused more on the engineering side of that okay. uh, technology, because you can divide it into more research focus and more into the engineering. So I've been working on both sides, but like uh, for me, the engineering side has, since I was like 1920, has been more interesting for me. And you've been accumulating knowledge since you were 14, I guess, just dabbling on things, right? Yeah. So uh, particularly with the space, right, it's things I've been, start, I've been accumulating knowledge since 14. But I would say it grows into a more detailed knowledge when I was like 16 or 17, when I actually got my first uh, aerospace engineering book. So... What kept your passion alive since you started? I think the first key thing is I was able to apply my little thing and my passion quite early on because I joined the Estonian first satellite program when I was 19. So the SQ1 project, I could like grow, learn and use my knowledge in this project because I was able to work together with amazing people. And I think the second one is working together with amazing people. Like amazing, really smart people who you can like talk together. So I think those are the main things that kept my interest alive in the beginning. And from there on, I think the other two things is like the one that I created the Christmas space. So I could get to grow it more of an entrepreneurship way and at the same time also working together with amazing people. Yeah, like like-minded individuals always, I guess, yep. inspire each other and so on. So I'm curious to know, because you said you joined the first Estonian space program, right? Yep. How did you get in there first? And how did you get their attention with your chamber camera? The first thing, how, how did we get into it? The Estonian first satellite program was on the first day in Tartu University when there was... I think the first opening ceremony of um, the lead of Estonian student satellite program or the university satellite program was Mart. So he had a uh, talks and an opening ceremony. And after opening ceremony, I uh, pretty much called him up and asked like, hey, I would like to build satellites. And he told me like, okay, there's a next meeting on Tuesday. Come there. So that's, <laughs> that's how I joined the Estonian first satellite program. Is it the way it works in Estonia? Because we know that in terms of technology and and also public services and everything, everything works. Is it the mindset that you want to do that? Come on, let's do it. Is that the mentality? I think, yeah, that we're looking for people who would like to 
or motivated themselves and who would like to join. So I think that's the, that was the main thing. So if you're motivated and you have the background, you can always join everything you want. So I think if you're, if you're looking for employees as an employer or if you are looking for people to your project, you're always looking for the ones that are enthusiastic themselves, especially ones who have like some kind of knowledge. And the other part of the question was about the camera chamber. How did you manage to get the attention of the government? Yeah, so actually that's a more longer question. So that's pretty much starting how the crystal space, crystal space whole beginning story. Because let's be honest, in the beginning, no way I got attention because like building a satellite company in Estonia, like 10 years ago, that was a fucking stupid idea. Only Lunatic could do that. That was prior to ESA joining because Estonia joined the ESA was just five to six years ago. But we started the Christmas space, I think it was 2013. So we're pretty much hitting the 10 more, 10 year targets quite soon. But yeah, so the quick answer is that no, we didn't get the attention in the beginning. Absolutely not. So what happened in the beginning is that there were, by the 2013, I have been working in a student satellite project or the SQ1 project for all, pretty much five years. And the SQ1 was launched by that time. And I was looking for um, new opportunities. In the beginning, there uh, seemed to be uh, some kind of opportunities through the university, some kind of researcher way. They were doing like something possible together with ESA. But those projects were cancelled. So I started to look additional ways out of the university structure. Then I decided, like, hey, it's absolutely time to build the first Estonian space company. And in the beginning, we were not even thinking about a camera. So we were thinking, like, hey, we want to make a space company, so let's do something in space. So the first idea was to build crystals in a space. So we thought, like, hey, we can, because in space, you can grow crystals in a zero-gravity environment which allows to grow more perfect and bigger crystals. So I thought, hey, that would be amazing. Let's grow something really cool there, maybe for me- medical or maybe uh, some other sector. But eventually, after doing preliminary research, we found out that's absolute disastrous business plan. But at least we got name from that. So that's why there's like crystal and space. So that's why our company name is Crystal Space. So we got the company name from our first business idea. So after that, we found like, hmm, so what are our strengths and what, what is missing in the market? We started with really small power systems for cube satellites. So there's satellites under, let's say, under 24 kilograms nowadays. They're like standardized formats. So we thought like, hey, let's start with electrical power systems. We went there, uh, we were there, but that wasn't also like that good of market opportunity because a lot of teams wanted to build it themselves. And and like the needs, what kind of power system was needed was not that we couldn't make it such a good business as we hoped to. And like four to five years ago, as like one of the SQ1 really good systems, which got a lot of attention, was the camera system. So we decided, hey, let's do a switch. Let's do like some business research and find out like and try some of our customers. Like, hey, would the camera system be as of interest to you? And we quite quickly found out like, hey camera system is just a thing that's missing on the market, small camera systems in space. So we, we decided to make a switch to do firstly cube satellites, like really small camera systems. And like one, two years later, we added monitoring camera, like small monitoring camera for space also in our portfolios. And the monitoring camera was for bigger satellites because we found out that like also bigger missions need to monitor cameras, uh, to monitor deployments, mission critical events, et cetera, et cetera. 
So we kind of found out like, hey, there's like, we can use our like really small camera um, IP. We can use it also in the bigger satellites. We can like expand our market there. So that's how we go to the like, more of the camera systems. But like later uh, evolvements, I've been like, we were looking ways how to, if there's possibility to use this like really hardcore camera systems on ground. That's why we also found like we can call it downstream application in space. So downstream application for the space camera found out like there are quite similar conditions on the vacuum chambers. And that's how we brought space cameras. We, well, that's how we started to bring space cameras to ground. And we did it together with ESA, European Space Agency, because they have this ESA big program, which is where one goal is to bring the space applications to ground to increase your markets. So we're doing a, so we're doing a collaboration <laughs> with European Space Agency to bring uh, those amazing cameras to the ground. We use it on different research and production solutions. But besides that, because our like small camera systems in space got such attraction, we were able to catch the eye for also like US companies, European companies, the bigger ones. Uh, and that's how we we've known for quite a while that there seems to be robotic markets or some kind of if you think about like automotive worlds these days, there's like everything grows towards more of automation, like self-driving cars, etc. And they are and really one of the really core need there is the camera systems. And our camera systems for space are also really small. And we quite a while known that there is also opportunity for us to go into this autonomous space, autonomous robotics, everything robotics, autonomous rovers type of applications, lunar landers, etc. in space applications. And we haven't got our, with, uh, so far we didn't got the kick project, but together with Maxer, we were able to do this kind of first kickoff project. We're getting two of our cameras used as robotics controlling mechanism, or like uh, vision for robotics arm in space. So that was like first of a new series of programs where we want to uh, focus like our camera systems. We know that's like, that's really, uh, what do you call it? It's called Artemis program. Everybody's going back to the moon. There's more robotic missions, lunar landers, etc. So that's also like new coal markets where we're really focusing to bring this kind of computer vision, zero vision solutions to the space applications that have been brought to uh, automotive industry in the last uh, five to 10 years. Ad break. No, not an ad. But as you may have noticed, this show has no sponsors, but you can still support Gut Talks by leaving five stars or a comment on your podcast player and like, share, and follow the social media channels of Gut, W-G-U-T-T. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get going. You mentioned that you worked with ESA, the European Space Agency. And when we did the talk a few years ago, that is in the other video on YouTube, you also said that it takes 10 years to build a space-driven company somehow. Can you also tell me what were the challenges to build your camera system? Because you actually uh, were focusing on the business and product market fit at the same time. I think if we start from a business way, definitely one of the key problems in the beginning for us was that we were kind of road makers. There wasn't any path in front of us, which was scary in the same time, but it was also a huge amount of opportunities. So nobody could tell you what to do and how to do it, but there was also endless ways 
tiger to and nobody uh, would say that, okay, that's a bad way. <laughs> so we had to find the right way for us. So that's why we experienced with a product fit, like market fit so much in the beginning. So the second key was that like when we started in 2013, the space was a world for fanatics. So there wasn't any industry in it. There wasn't any money in it. So we pretty much had to find the market outside. There isn't still any market in Estonia, but like there wasn't any connections, like business connections, anything. So it like first five years, it really took for us to understand the world to get the connections and especially in space where everybody who's doing business know each other. So it's like really, really small worlds. And it's really, really hard to get into it. So it really took five years for us to get to know all the right people. So that, that there were like these were two like business ways, like really tough ways. It's also like usually in Europe there are some initiatives or help from the governmental sites to grow the space companies. We didn't get any because there wasn't any support me- mechanisms to help you. So we were really finding out like everything from scratch on. Which was really interesting back to go. But yeah, that's probably also why we um, did a lot of, we were struggling product market fits. So we're looking for fits, analyzing things in business analysis there. So this kind of research or like finding the right way has given us like really strong market feeling, like it's kind of cut feeling, like what's right, what's wrong. But in the same time, definitely has not been an easy, <laughs> easy way. But it, it's been interesting. You just brought it up. Uh, on your own. <laughs> you spoke about gut feelings, which is fine. Why not? So we were talking about the business aspect somehow. And so do you trust your gut usually in your business decisions or in your engineering decisions? Because engineering is, it is really about experimentation, trial and error and, and data. So I think the answer there is yes, I trust it. But it also, I want to verify it. So as I'm usually generating, like, I have the gut feeling like, hey, this market seems something we can sell our product. But it also has to come with, okay, that's a gut feeling. So we have to verify it. So is it like, hey, can we do sales there? Some kind of business analysis, like try out. So I trust it, but I always want to actually verify it. Like, is it true? Because I always think like, there's like really good saying. I think it was one of Intel leaders who, by quote, who said like, God, we trust. Others must bring data. <laughs> so I'm kind of I'm kind of believing in my gut feeling, but I also uh, I need to verify it somehow. Like say that okay, hey, that seems to be going the right way for business and engineering decisions. Yeah, business okay. engineering for for both it has to be a way to verify that. But because this is always a really good because it always gives you confidence. Like hey, is my gut feeling going the right direction? Is it evolving the right direction? Because I think when you're starting, your gut feeling is not as strong as when you. Uh, uh, learn on, continue learning, continue uh, evolving as a person. So I think that's also like one thing, yeah, learning because the gut feeling internally comes from your previous experience, your feeling of the world. So the more it grows, the more it becomes accurate. Yeah, totally on that one for sure. And one thing, building a satellite and working with NASA, even though through Max or Wright is tough. How do you do it? Writing documentation. (laughs) Because uh, when you're working with big organizations such as NASA or ESA or Moxer or Airbus, uh, let's say most of the work uh, is documentation. (laughs) So you become a half half an artist to writing literature. But beyond that, it's like you have to um, 
prove yourself. So you, you really have to have a really good track record to start those guys. So when you're starting with those guys, the big guys, Finner is a good spot. So with this like deep tech market, if you get on a table with those big guys, you know that you're in the right place and your business is good for the next 10, 15 years. But to getting there, it's a 10-year effort. The main key thing is like proving yourself with previous smaller projects. And I think for us, Coming from Estonia, which has been like non-space country, the Cube satellites brought this kind of starting point lower to us. Because usually it was like 10 million, 10 years to be the safe space company. But because the, there's also like Cube satellites, which are more of a research oriented and like bringing the cost bar lower. So that's kind of changed in the last 10, 15 years has also allowed us to more easily enter the markets. Building a company is tough. Building a tech company and finding product market fit is even tougher. What would you tell someone who wants to build an IoT company or satellites like or something in this space arena? I think the first thing is to acknowledge yourself that it's going to be a tough road. But even if you're unsuccessful, you're, you're going to learn amazing stuff. So you're most likely going to be most likely spend more of your money on a company than you're getting back but you are accelerating your learning curve so much. So it's anyway, even if you fail, it's such an amazing road in it and you're going to meet a lot of amazing people, which will open so many tours anyway for you. So there's a good thing that if you are going to fail as a startup, you're going to get... So the, the moment that there's a good thing in Estonia, the moment you fail a startup, you're mm-hmm. going to have a 10 really good employment opportunities sent to you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in Silicon Valley as well, if you fail as a startup, you get more chances of getting investment somehow because you learn so much anyway. It's different in Estonia. It's really a startup-driven mentality. And in some other countries, especially in Europe, the mentality is not always the same because failure is like not accepted, but you know, it's part of the game. But it's not about you have to fail, but if you do, I mean, it happens most of the time it might. So I like the way you put that around and you didn't fail. You're still doing it, but you learned so much. And maybe there are things you would have done differently, I guess, now that you know what yeah. you know. I would advise you to talk with more people more. Let's say in the beginning, I was more of a stubborn, but later on, I was more happy to talk with smart and right people about your ideas to get some really good feedback. So don't be scared of that. Nobody's going to steal our idea. So it's more about getting the knowledge. And what else? So acknowledge yourself is going to be tough. And when after that, everything is okay. <laughs> and yeah, the appetite for risk as well and learning and trying new things and, yeah. and making an impact somehow, like trying to, you know, seeing your product out of the market and people using it and adding value. If you knew what you knew today, would you do it again? I think yes. But knowing how difficult it would be now, I might have second thoughts in the beginning, but in the beginning it was like, hey, how hard can it be? <laughs> it's like stupid enthusiasm. So, but I would do it anyway, because I have met so many amazing people on my road here who I do business together now or who I uh, talk with, like share have amazing uh, conversations, talk about business, technology, world, politics, etc., etc. Definitely were a road worth walking. You mentioned lots of amazing people since we started recording this episode at the beginning and now kind of wrapping up. Do you want to give a shout out to anyone? I think, no, those people, uh, let them be. So, okay. but they're like... Uh, they're startups themselves. They're just uh, really good, amazing scientists, etc. So there are just uh, a lot of amazing people you're going to 
really smart people when you're building a startup who you're going to meet. Cool. Thank you so much. Where can someone find you if someone wants to get in touch with you? Write me in LinkedIn. I think that's the best way. I'm I'm usually bad at responding to emails and once, but usually I can respond within a few days. And anything you would like to add? Thanks for inviting me. It it has been a, a really pleasure to talk with you again. Thank you. Me too, actually. Great episode with Jan Viro. We spoke about his experience and endeavor in building a satellite company. We also touched on robotics, computer vision, IoT, but we didn't dive into the deep tech, as you might have heard, and of course, satellites and business. Thanks for listening. You are listening to Gut Talks by Maria Matloub. To support the show, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with anyone who could benefit from listening to these stories and experiences. To continue the conversation, join the Telegram channel. All links are in the show notes. Thanks for listening and see you next time.